15, 20 years ago, many of you know this already, that I was a, uh, Lisa and I served a church, a little church in Davenport, Iowa. And um, as we were kind of living out our call there, the church began to grow. And there, there came a point where the church made the decision to, make, to add an addition, uh, which meant that we could expand our ministries and um, offer a, a lot of different programming um, in the hope of bringing the love of Jesus to the world. Well, what happened in response to those acts of faith was that the church uh, really, it, it kind of exploded with growth, to be quite honest with you. In fact, uh, it, it was only uh, two or three years later that we had outgrown the facility, including the addition that um, we had stepped out in faith to, uh, to build. And that created a problem. It was a nice problem, but it was a problem nonetheless because we could no longer do ministry in that facility the way we needed to because all the people that were coming in. So we did what we could. Uh, we started adding worship services, for example. We had, at one point, we had five worship services on the weekend. We had a children's worship service on Monday evening, and we had a youth worship service on Wednesday. And all those services together, we were, we were about a thousand people a week, and it was, it was like having a tiger by the tail. So it was in the midst of all of that that um, two things came to my attention. The first one was, um, there was if, if you're familiar with Davenport, if you go out on North Brady, north end of town, there's this old, or there used to be anyway, an old movie theater complex um, just as you're coming into town on, on the Brady exit. And it struck me one day, because it was empty, they had built a new one by that time, and it, struck, and it was just sitting there. I thought, you know what, that would be perfect. That facility would serve the needs of this growing church, I think, in a perfect way. There's like a thousand parking spaces. Uh, there's ten theaters in the complex. And I figured that, um, literally, that that could serve thousands of people if the need would be. So, this is what I did. I started to pray that God would give it to us. Because here we, we, were, we hadn't even paid off the last facility that we had already outgrown. So I started praying, God, give us those theaters. At the same time that I started praying, God, give us those theaters, a scripture came to mind. It happened to be the scripture that Heather read for you just a moment ago. It came to me the first time, I think, for at least the first time I was aware of it. And remember what it said? Wherever your feet have trod, this shall be an inheritance to you and to your children. Why? Because you have wholeheartedly sought after the Lord. So, what I decided I was going to do for over two years, every day I trod around that, those theater, the, the property which was that, that, that theater, theater complex. Every day I would go and I would walk the perimeter of that theater. I would pray for a, a whole bunch of things, but specifically I would pray for the miracle that God would give us those theaters. And I, w and I claimed that promise in Joshua 14.9. I stood upon it. Every, time, every step I took, I, I would remember, uh, wherever your feet have trod, this shall be an inheritance to you and to your children because you have wholeheartedly sought after the Lord. Now, I'm going to stop the story right there for just a second and let you know I tell you that story this morning um, as an introduction to a new series that I want to be that I want to share with you for the next couple of months, um, revolving around the issue of lordship. 
You've heard me say many times, if you've been around at all, that people, specifically Christians, but people in general, are uh, thrilled with the idea of having Jesus as their Savior. This whole idea of having Jesus as Lord, however, we're not so sure. In fact, I would go so far as to say to you that most people aren't even sure what it means to have Jesus as Lord. So, what we're going to do these next um, several weeks is we're going to begin studying Scripture that will help kind of uh, explore and expand our understanding of the Lordship of Christ and of God in our lives. And this passage of Scripture this morning, I think, is going to be a kind of good jumping into spot. So, if you have your Bibles, I do want you to open it up to uh, the Old Testament book of Joshua chapter 14. Uh, the reason why I want you, you've already heard the particular verse that we're going to be focusing on, but I want you to look at, if you have your Bibles, look at the whole thing, because here's some history and some context um, that we need to be aware of in even order to understand the verse that, I, that was shared with you a little bit ago. Uh, the Old Testament book of Joshua, just as a beginning, uh, occurs in the time of history after the 40 years that the Jews wandered in the wilderness after leaving, after being escaping Egypt, right? Moses leads them out of Egypt. And for 40 years, they are um, they're wandering in the wilderness, uh, learning some things. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on that I don't have time to get into today. Um, Joshua, the book of Joshua, was written right at the end of those 40 years. They have come into the promised land. Centuries before, God had promised their forefather Abraham that he would give them this land. That's why it was known. It became known as the promised land, which is the, the nation of Israel today. Um, there were two people that Moses, who was the leader while they were wandering through the wilderness, two people that were uh, Moses' chief lieutenants. One was a guy named Joshua who kind of wrote this book, or this book was kind of the exploits of. And the other one was another guy named Caleb. And the particular passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at today is this. Um, Moses didn't get to come into the promised land. Uh, he died before they came into the promised land. And Joshua, one of his lieutenants, became the, the leader of Israel. And the particular place where we're picking up to this morning is Caleb coming to visit his old friend Joshua to remind him of a promise that had been made years and years before. So, this time, Caleb's like in his 80s. And he, uh, he comes to Joshua, and he says, Josh! I'm sure that's why he responded to him. He says, I need, to, I need to remind you of something, old friend. Do you remember back in the day when we were going through all these things? And this is something you need to know about Joshua and Caleb. Um, Joshua and Caleb were courageous and faithful men. When everybody else in uh, the, the, the company of the Jews were cowarding in the face of overwhelming odds, Joshua and Caleb would say, Send us! We believe that God has brought us to this place, and we believe that God will bring us through and to the place we are called to be. So even when it felt like there was no natural way for them to succeed or to achieve, they listened to God, they were obedient to God, and they stepped out 
um, to lead the people when nobody else would want wanted to. Okay, so it's with that as the background. Caleb comes to Joshua, who's now in charge, and he says, "Do you remember? Do you remember back in the day when God, through Moses, made this promise to me? When Moses, inspired by God, said to me, he said." Because of your obedience, this is Joshua 14.9, we just read it. Because of your obedience, wherever your feet have trod, this shall be an inheritance to you and to your children. Why? Because you have wholeheartedly, you have obediently and wholeheartedly sought after the Lord. Okay? So, I want to stop right there for just a second. And by the way, if you go just a little bit further in chapter 14, it says that uh, Joshua, upon being reminded of this promise, looks at Caleb and he bestows his inheritance on him. So he actually receives the inheritance or the blessing. Because you're right, that's what God promised. It's yours. Okay. So, we're going to stop right there for just a second. And we're going to see what is it that we can glean from this story about the concept of lordship. You're thinking, well, what's that story have to do with, con- with lordship? Well, it has something very fundamental to do with lordship. The first thing that we can glean from this story about lordship is this. Lordship is really synonymous with obedience. To have God as your Lord means to be obedient to God. To want what God wants more than what you want. To be willing to, uh, you know, if you ever to give you some I- imagery, everybody has a, a throne in their heart. Did you know that? And most of the time, you want to sit there. But what God is saying is, no, let me sit there. In other words, let me be in charge, right? That's what lordship means, to be obedient to the lordship of God. So obedience and lordship go hand in hand. I want what... I'm going to do what God wants me to do, even if I don't want to do it. For example, do you think Caleb wanted to go into, the, into war knowing that the odds were stacked against him? If you read through those stories in the Old Testament, you'll soon find out that there were time after time when God was saying, I want you to go in, in, into war and I'm going to be with you. And they'd say, well, they're, there's, they're bigger than us. Or there's, there's, it's ten to one odds. And God said, I know. But I, I can... Equal that out for you if you just trust me. Caleb chose to be obedient even when if it was left up to him, he would never have done the things that he did because he trusted in the Lordship of God. So, we know from this passage of Scripture that Lordship is, is synonymous with obedience and we also know, I think we can glean from this passage, that if we choose to be obedient to the Lordship of God, listen to this because this is the good part, if we choose to be obedient to the Lordship of God, we are promised a reward or a blessing. I love that, don't you? I love it! So, I'm going to stop right there and go back to the story I was telling you about earlier. I wanted more than anything else to be obedient to God. God, use me however you would desire for the sake of the Gospel. It is my heart's desire to, to bring scriptural holiness throughout the land. It is my heart's desire to lead as many people to salvation through faith in Jesus Christ as possible. And Lord, because of that obedience, my desire to be obedient to that call in my life, 
I'm asking for a miracle. I chose for over two years, right? To stand on the promise in Joshua 14.9 that if wherever my feet had trod around that, that whole acre of those old theaters, there was actually about 20 acres that I would walk around every day. Wherever my feet have trod, this shall be an inheritance to you, Craig, because you have wholeheartedly sought after the Lord. Guess what happened? He didn't give them to me. <laughs> and for a long time, you can ask Lisa this, that, the fact that He didn't give them to me rocked me. Because I, I know that God is faithful. So, and I was relatively positive that I was being obedient. So why didn't He? Was it because I truly wasn't obedient? Well, again, you can ask my wife, but I am painfully aware of the fact that I am not a perfect human being and I am not obedient all the time. But the more I've thought about it and i prayed about it, and it's been years obviously since that occurred, or since it didn't occur, <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that it wasn't my not receiving those theaters wasn't because of my disobedience. Oh, I made mistakes. But it wasn't my disobedience. Now you might ask the question, was it wrong for me to even ask that God give those theaters to me? I would say to you after years of reflection, and I, 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 say, I would tell you that it was not wrong for me to ask for those theaters. Was it wrong to, um, to expect a blessing for, because I was aspiring to be obedient? I don't think it's, according to the Scripture, I don't think there's any way that that could be interpreted differently. I think that we can and we should expect a blessing or a reward in response to the obedience to God. You want to know the mistake I made? It took me years to figure it out, but I've, I think I figured it out. The mistake I made was that I was maybe arrogant enough to believe that I could tell God what the blessing was going to be. You hear me? There was nothing wrong with me asking for God to bless me with those theaters or bless the church with these, with these theaters. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But to presume that God had to do it just because I asked for it is arrogance. God, so we know that lordship is synonymous with obedience. That God, that when, when we choose to accept uh, the lordship of God, it requires obedience on our part. And we can also know that. Um, in the midst of that obedience, and, uh, and I'll tell you time and time again, there's been more times in my life when I've chosen not to be obedient than when I've chosen to be obedient. I'm a sinner. But here's what I can tell you. In almost every instance, in every instance, there's no qualifier there, in every instance, when I have chosen to be obedient, I can, in looking and reflecting backwards, in every instance, I can reflect back and say, 
I received a blessing because of my obedience. I received a reward. As a... And you want to know what the best reward I ever received was? Listen to this. The best reward because of my obedience that I've ever received is a love affair with Jesus. I just got goosebumps. My life has been entirely transformed because I'm in love with Jesus. And probably more importantly, He's in love with me. I have discovered because of that love affair that no matter what the circumstance of life, because I'm just like you, I have, day, I have times when the circumstance, I'm in a valley and I have circumstance when I'm on top of the mountain, uh, but I have discovered that, that in the midst of all that is life, the thing that gives me greatest joy and hope is this love affair that I have with Jesus. Do I still feel the pain when the, when, in the midst of the valley? Sure I do. But I have hope because of my relationship with Jesus. When I feel like I'm on top of the world, I, I can be thankful but not be owned by it because of my love affair with Jesus. What's cool is the best blessing or reward is a relationship with Christ, but there's others that can be expected as well. And I, I don't even have time this morning to share with you the list of the blessings that I could identify, even not let alone the ones I have not taken for granted, that have come because of obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So, first lesson today, the first lesson in this series on, on Lordship is obedience is synonymous with Lordship, right? And that you can expect a reward when being obedient to the Lordship of God. But you need to be humble enough to leave the reward and the blessing up to Him. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I love You and I praise You. First of all, Jesus, I want to say thank You for rewarding us or blessing us the way You want to rather than the way we would have You do it. Because the fact of the matter is, we are so short-sighted and unaware of the long-term blessings that you desire to give to your people, much like the, the children's story that Michelle shared just a little bit ago, that we more the times than not would settle for the one fruit snack rather than trusting that you got a whole bag for us. If only we would choose to be obedient and let you be the one who brings and gives the blessing. We thank you, Lord, for um, the privilege that we have to live life, the circumstance of life, knowing that we are victorious, not because of the circumstance, but because of you. Because you have, you've loved us all enough to offer relationship and love affair to anyone who would receive it. And that's my prayer for the folks that have gathered here today that have been obedient to the call of your Spirit, where they recognize that's what was going on or not, that's what was happening. For those that have been obedient to the call of the Spirit to even be here today, I pray that blessing over them. But I pray, um, I pray that for Prairie Bible Church as we move into the future as well. 
I'm praying, Jesus, that as we choose to be obedient to You as Lord, that we would be mindful of and thankful for all the rewards and the blessings that will come as we yield to Your Spirit to be the church that You created us to be. We love You, Lord, and we we thank You as we look to the future because You are King and You are Lord and You are good all the time. In Your holy name, amen.